Hi, I'm Jackie. Hi, I'm Emma. And this is Two, two Pints of Brew and a Chocolate, chocolate crispy. crispy, the Crime and Punishment Edition. Prison Part 2. Part 1 is available on all streaming services right now. So go and listen to that before listening to this. And then it will make a bit more sense. Because we're going to be speaking about what we were speaking about in the first one. <laughs> we are going to be speaking about what we were speaking about in the first one. I like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you, girl. Okay, good. So, yes, in part one, Jackie and I did the Peterhead Prison Museum tour. Well recommend, five stars. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you are on holiday in this direction, maybe a way to see Cree- Queenie. Queenie? Queenie. <laughs> Then, you know, Liz. hit up the prison after the castle. Why not? I know. I'm with you. Yeah, with absolutely. You. Take your so, gloves and your hat and your coat and your scarfs, Carl. It was freezing. It was absolutely freezing. But it was colder inside the prison than what it was outside. Yeah. This makes no sense to me. Well. Well, there's apart from people, the fact. There's people out there that would say because there's like goings on that it wouldn't be colder you know like when paranormal stuff happens temperature sometimes drops hmm. but it was like from the get-go you walked in and it was like oh, it was weird it was like opening a freezer and walking in it so we spoke or i spoke briefly before we went into the prison mm-hmm. about what prisons well what system was in place for yeah. criminals yes um prior to oh god now i've forgotten 1888 mm-hmm. is it 1888 no 1839 was a prison reform, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, So we briefly spoke about that. We went into a a Victorian prison because that wasn't built until 1888 or 1889. I can't quite remember. We're only going to call you a liar for a year. It's okay. Okay. Thank you. So, yeah. So we went into this Victorian prison and it was horrific. It was pretty gnarly conditions, yeah. The, The... Cells were tiny, mm-hmm. it was cold, there was no heating. There was no light, it was called candles for a while. And even when like electricity was obviously put into the place, even then I don't think that it would have been a, you know very bright there. No. To be honest. Well, not it was as horrible. There's no plumbing, there's no toilets in your cells. No. And we are speaking, this was the same conditions that the prisoners had up until it closed in 2013 mm-hmm. so Peterhead prison was still slopping out basically because they only had chemical toilets yeah inside the prison yeah. themselves yeah so they were still having to empty that and we do speak about that yeah there's more details the about yeah. what that means and whatever so on our one. point is what we see in the media today about xboxes and everything yeah not in that one no. Not in that prison, there was no, a... absolutely. There would been, there wasn't even plugs. <laughs> there was, there no, was no was plugs, like, man. It was that, like, it was so, like, it clearly hadn't moved past from the 80s to the point that even they had, like, like the serviette kitchens, yeah, and they had a main kitchen. And I know it's probably because there was different, like, like you're saying, wings and things in like that in the prison, but you're like, that's how old we're speaking yeah. about. It wasn't like a big, massive canteen which you seen these American prisons where they queued up, like, yeah. forget it. Anything that you think you've seen on television or movies, forget it. it yeah. is, that was not what this was. This was more porridge. If you're, yes. if you're in the UK, and I don't know if they show it outside the UK, but they do. if you don't, look up porridge, because yeah. like, this is what it was. This it oh, was big porridge. time. Uh, we even say that, we even go, this feels very porridge to yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so whilst we were walking around... <laughs> 
we had a few experiences. So, as we said, we were on our own. Yes. There was two women who came in behind us. Not quite sure what they were doing because they weren't doing the tour. We were baffled then. We were like, what is occurring with these two? What they is just kind of walked on? through. Yeah, they were like, obviously when you go in, you get headsets. And I speak about it there. And we like semi on and off listened to it. Well, me, because you had an infection. Yeah, I couldn't hear it. I know you couldn't hear it. Well, you, well, you could hear stuff. Some well, of the stuff no, we well, heard. yeah, no, that's what, I'm, that's what I said to you afterwards. Whatever we were hearing was loud because, because you, I could hear yeah. it. Yeah. So we were like, like we were minging, but they were minging on, like, because we were like yapping and in and out of things and they yeah. were like passing us and we were like, dude, we were in like a good 20 minutes before you. Yeah. It, it was weird. I just, weird. I don't know if maybe they were just gone straight to the coffee at the very end. I'm really, I'm really not sure. But anyway, the top and tail of it was we were on our own. Yes. So the it was first... 10 o'clock on a Monday, so yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not going to be heaving at that time of day. So mm-hmm. I'd, once we'd come out of one of the cells and we were going from the D block into the next block, we could hear what sounded like a baton being hit Hot on the railing. On yeah. a railing above mm-hmm. us. So there is a picture on our Instagram and um, Twitter of a promotional picture yeah promotional yeah. picture um, for our podcast but that picture is what we would have seen at the time that the noise had happened yeah because it was right next to that stairs so, but the stairs has been blocked off because they demonstrated what would have been like for the riot yeah. so the mannequins were in riot gear there's like all this stuff that's toppled over the safety net that you speak about as yeah. well in that thing so it you basically you, you can't, can't get, get up the no, stairs you can't get up there and there was nobody there and it definitely came from above us and it was so clear like yeah you and you can hear that on, on the recording because we, just weird because we're quiet and we're like what was that i can't explain that because even when i was thinking about could a door have gone off but no because of there's, the way no doors. you go down the corridors and everything all the doors are uh, pinned open so yeah. there's no doors there's for no you doors. to open and close so there's nothing like anything could have dropped because it's not windy because everything's no. shut. Like it it's just, like shut. It's it was just so bizarre. I can't explain that. Because, one. but it was such a distinctive sound that you almost like immediately associated with something's banging the railing. Yeah. Like something has hurt this railing. It's made an echo. Oh, but it's like a metal railing that yeah. has been hurt. And like immediately you're thinking prison officer smacking a bat on yeah. to gee somebody a warning or yeah. something like that's in your exactly, head that's that was the first mind. thing that came through my mind so there was that and then from there we moved into the kitchen and there it sounded to me that somebody had kicked the office doors at the back of the kitchen yeah because where where the kitchen was it's almost like a it was like a like a not a horseshoe but it's like a u-shape so you came in you went round and you came back out again but where the railing was, there was like offices behind it, which of which for not working, reason, yeah, not, not working, working offices. offices. It was like but what it wasn't would part been... of the tour, so you no. couldn't go into it. No, because but it's like there was movement there, but there was nobody. There was again, no there was nobody there. nobody there. And then when you thought you heard something being moved across the counter, the counter. Now yeah. I did hear it, but I wasn't sure what it is. But then when you described it, and when you listened to it in slow mo. Yeah, you, you can can't hear it. Hear it. Something shuffle. shifting. Yeah. So that was that was really weird. Um, I think the next major thing that we experienced after that, because during 
during the recording where we did listen to a lot of it in slow-mo we could hear a lot of voices mm-hmm. and um, moving about and talking, yeah that, all male yeah that wouldn't have been us it would, no none of them were female none of them were none female. of them uh, it was all male voices there was no males there with us um you know the only other people we saw were those two women yeah and they were on their toes so Aye, they were they, gone. They were they were making they noise. <laughs> no, so you know, there's just well, I can't explain it. The next part was when we walked into a more modern looking area, and there was a bucket on the stairs. Mm-hmm. Now the bucket was empty. I'm not quite sure why the bucket was on the I stairs. I don't know if they were setting it up like a scene of like I don't know. It was an odd one. Whether it why there was, was no there. mop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, but it was like a mop bucket. Aye, it was a mop bucket, but there was no mop, and it was just kind of sitting there. Aye, it was an odd one. I don't know why it was there. Maybe they just moved it over and just yeah. chucked it there because maybe. And then it sounded like somebody had kicked the bucket. <laughs> but excuse, I guess. Excuse the pun. Um, it did. It sounded like somebody had kicked the bucket. Mm-hmm. Now that happened four times. I like every time we tried to move away from that area, it happened again. We were like, for the love of God. I don't, I can't we just want to move. Ducks, I have no explanation. No, I can't no. even think. There was an explanation because it no. was not raining that day. It was it was cold. But there was, but was nothing just... in the bucket. That's what I was saying. I looked to see it, if there it was, was water, bizarre. and it, it was just bizarre. it was just weird. Yeah, that was bizarre. I have no explanation to that. And did we not think we heard somebody say what? Yeah, at there that was point, lo- there was, was lots. There was, do you know what? When, when we'd obviously read, like, listened to it, it took us a long time to listen to it. Three hours we were at it. Yeah, we? it's an hour and twenty, so we were like doubled the time easily yeah. and a bit more. And to say that we like we just didn't again fit the crack quiz, and we were like, like we wrote down all the anomalies three pages. Yeah. Stuff. And okay, just... some of them can probably, we were like, we would yeah, write we, them off or something. Yeah, we tried to explain a lot of, of it, didn't we? And there was yeah, just there was some things we could not explain. Yeah, a lot of the, um, the background chatting, we were like, how? How, yeah. And male's voice. And we didn't even hear it at the time. No. The other the other thing was the solitary confinement. Oh, now that, this has completely freaked me out. Absolutely. Which is... I couldn't sleep that night. Oh, it was okay. I'm was like, if the ghoulies have come here with me. <laughs> Another in. Great. <laughs> a prisoner with my butcher. Great. <laughs> so basically, um, we went into solitary confinement, which is housed out with the main prison. But in, still in the prison grounds. It's still in the prison grounds, yeah. And it's like, it's almost like a box within a box. So they've got the main door to get in, and then there's another door inside. But when you go in, it's literally like, a box with a slightly higher level that would be your bed it's all concrete yeah there's like nothing in there there is nothing i mean you are finding peace in there you're probably hearing your own heartbeat in there it's like yeah it yeah. is it's a it's and it's a horrible feeling and you can't it's like really claustrophobic and you can close the door on the outside which we did which i thought we were so brave I know, I even said, how brave are we i know i was like well impressed with us yeah that's not something we would do normally yeah and scared. maybe it was a bit of a mistake now that we yeah, know but anyway no, i won't be doing that so again in a hurry it's that pitch black that you can't see your hand in front of your face it's really really dark but we i had was trying to describe how big because you, you'll hear us going how big do you think this bit is blah 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 yeah because you hear me kicking the wall to demonstrate how thick the walls are <laughs> i like you listen okay, listen to this can you hear how thick that is <laughs> <laughs> i know it was a good idea at the time but at least i never could... even questioned it yeah, i know like, oh, you're like oh, I... <laughs> see 
why we're friends. We're just nuts as each other. Oh, fucking oh, stupid as shit. Anyway, yeah, so then you go on and say, How big is this, do you think? Six foot by some end. And five then, foot. You said five foot. Oh, well, I was clearly wrong. But anyway, then there's obviously silence. silence while we're like milling over. Okay, we're looking and we're giving our best male guesstimate. We're like, I'm being a <laughs> And somebody says, No. And it's a man's voice. And it's clear as day. turns you and says no. no. Or go. But I'm hoping he I did not say I think I said no. I think he said no. And then when I went, or one of us said no, and then carried on speaking, it went no, and then spoke, but it was over the top of us, so we didn't know what it said. Yeah. And I, st- I didn't look up how big that cell was. And a part of me was like, maybe I was wrong at five fit forever. And it's like, no. And it was telling us how big it was. Was I? But we never heard it at the time. There was no. There was not a mom with us. No. But what really sealed the deal for me personally was when we spoke to the guy at the train exhibit, uh-huh. and we were like, "We've been hearing weird noises all morning," and he's literally like looking at us like, "It's a Monday for you." Yeah, he like, was just like, mm. and then he's like, "You need to come and do the night tour," and we were like. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's I would, do, I would still do and it. Really? I'm, yeah. I'm like, why not? Oh, you chicken shitted little soul. Really? You gonna go there? Rude. <laughs> Sorry. Rude. Rude. I don't know. I don't, like. I don't, so anyway, I don't know. If you give it a listen, yeah, you can slow it down. Yeah, listen to our dulcet tones in a slower. I sound Central. mortals, by the way. Yeah, Absolutely do you know what it does? Hanging. It sounds like red wine drunk. Yeah. And that slurred no. speech. It's like Dory. Oh, speaking well. <laughs> yeah, speaking well. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if you hear any of the anomalies, because funnily enough as well, when they're speaking it, they sound normal on the slowed down version. Yes. I never just, I just realised that oh now. Oh my god, I never even gave that a bloody thought. How weird is that, actually? Because when he said you know no, what? he said no. Have we ever listened back hours in this house? I don't even. Let's no, I'm not. No, start. no. Don't no. shit where you eat my quiet. No, 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 no. <laughs> never on my own doorstep. Oh, no, fuck Somebody no. was like that because we were speaking about spooky stories and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, there's definitely a ghost in this house. And um, the guy I was speaking to, um, he was like, Oh, so what are you going to do about it? And I was like, sweet, sweet, fuck all. What do you mean? And he's like, are you not going to get a Ouija board? I was like, why would I do that in my own house? Why? No. God damn. Was, and he was like, oh, maybe it's a good idea. I'm like, tell me to get to him. He's already at his own house. I'm like, you do that shit in your own door. Oh, okay. night. <laughs> Very good. Good night. <laughs> oh, no. I'll be the same pet. Cheerio. What are you doing, pod dog? You've just like way right across our notes. She's not giving a shit. <laughs> no, she's not. She's wagging her tail. She'll come anyway, back. Anyway, so yes, if you hear, if you listen to it and you hear anything, we will probably corroborate with you that yeah, it's true. But also, <laughs> let us know because you might hear something that we didn't hear. Because when or you are sat either. there for hours upon end, uh-huh. you know, you, your ears start to get tired, man. So definitely, definitely, definitely let us know on Twitter, Instagram. Email us. Email us. Whatever. I'll actually put it up as a question as well yeah. on this. So you can even go on to Spotify and answer the community question as well. Excellent. So we've gone... Part two. 
yeah, part two. So we've done pre-1839. We've done kind of 1839 right the way through until, well, I suppose given when it closed 2013, but mm -hmm. we've given you an idea of what More prisons modern. had become. Mm -hmm. um, and now we have done some questions for some prison officers who are past and present. Um, Serving, not that they're dead. Oh no, I didn't mean that, sorry. <laughs> sorry. We didn't get a Ouija board out for that, but I did summon, summon one that's passed that's really, on. Really How sorry. did you find it? Yeah, imagine with it on nitrous. That's the spell in the Anyway, yes. Oh my so, god, that was so funny, sorry. <laughs> Mine are fully anonymous. It's so anonymous, I actually don't know who no, they came no from. Idea. It's friends of a friend of a friend of a friend. So um, I know that it is a prison in Scotland. What one, I do not know. I have not asked. Yeah, no. You know, yeah. respect and everything. Uh, but if the you do listen you to this... Know, the less you the less you got to have a problem with it. No, no nothing, no nothing. Okay, chillude. <laughs> so if you are listening to this... Thank you very much for taking the time to look at our questions mm -hmm. and answer them for us. It really is appreciated. Yeah, completely. So, where do you want, do you want to start? Yes, well, my person is not anonymous to me. We know who it is, but they will remain anonymous and their yeah. prison will remain anonymous. It is a prison in Scotland as well. Okay. But they were served between um the mid to late 90s okay and yeah i can go through it they also have um a little bit of experience in um uh criminal justice okay. um social work as well okay for out with so i thought that was quite good because some of the questions tied in with like rehabilitation and things like that um a lot of it was working with like sex offenders yeah though, specifically for okay. that part of it but i can go through it Okay. Do you want me to start? I oh, yeah. could pitch in with both the answers yeah. and it'll it see yeah. how it's it's changed, changed over the like course. over the years, yeah. Okay. So the first question that we wanted to ask was describe your day-to-day -day responsibilities. So the person was saying that there is two types of prison officers. There is people who are operational and there's people that work in residential. Okay. So the operational prisoner officer is normally on escort duties for court and hospital visitors, day-to-day -day security for checking like people checking in, vehicles checking in, um, people access, searching visitors, that sort yeah. of stuff. So they're like pretty much, I imagine the prison officers that when you're going in, they're the people that you're seeing. That's your operational prison officers. Yeah. Residential prison officers are based in the halls and um, there's two different types of halls there's a remand hall which is for people that have not been convicted but are literally sitting in court waiting to be yeah. convicted or waiting for a trial yeah that's who they're basically there for and they sort out their daily visits and just deal with them or there's the convicted hall which is where they're sentenced and things like that yeah. so that's them doing their I time know. Two in their time. Mm -hmm. So they're basically dealing with sentence planning, work parties, day to, their day-to-day -day, like ec educational stuff, groups that they go to. So they basically run and look after them. 
They're also saying that the residential prison officers are kind of like key workers. Uh-huh. So you'll imagine they have, they'll have a certain number of prisoners that they're actually in charge of. And that'll be part of their role yeah. in VMIT. So that was what he there said. There is, I think sometimes we, like, you know, you watch a, you watch a, a film, mm-hmm. you know, with the prisoners and you kind of just see the prison officer, the screw kind of thing. You just think that that is really their job is to lock them up, about, mill them yeah. about, you know, beat up a few prisoners and, mm-hmm. you know, all the rest of it. But there's so much to it. Like, as you said, like, the you know, the vans coming mm-hmm. in and out and having to get the prisoners out into the vans. The check out imagine they'd have to check for bombs. Yeah, they check, yeah, that, all that you know, sort of stuff. It's yeah. not as simple as moving them, just chucking them in the car and saying, come on in. No, they've got to, like, search them beforehand, search cells, search, like, yeah. searching people There's coming so in. There's so much to it. There is a lot. And even the fact that it's, like, that's not even one prison officer's dealing with certain things. It's like, no, because one prison officer could be operational. One one person could be working there has never worked in the halls. Yeah. They see people coming and going, but yeah. they don't work in the halls. Or they work in the halls, but they don't deal with the actual convicted felons yeah. or dealing with people on remand. I suppose I've never really given it much thought, to be perfectly honest. No, neither did I. It wasn't until Because, said. like, obviously, like, you see it on the TV and you... You know, it's amazing how much TV and media influence a lot. Swift your mind. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, completely. <laughs> completely. Okay. So, um, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm really Are sorry. You about I've just your had answer? a complete little blank there. Did you have an answer that was similar? Is it pretty much the same? Um, for they're dis- describing their daily responsibilities. That question mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this person had put that they fas- facilitate visits for prisoners and their families, and just responsible for the prisoners and their welfare. So they sound more operational. Operational, than, yeah. yeah, more on the operational side, mm-hmm. definitely by the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. Um. So number question number two was what is the conditions in prison like? I was really quite excited about this this one what we'd seen yeah and also because of the media yeah again it squiffs your mind yeah so like well you know the person that answered my question yeah. is there any backward and coming no, forward about most things so his opinion will be in this and to be fair it's not too when you think about how he's saying it i do get it so i'll just say what he said yeah. so he says now for nowadays he's like electricity yeah. Sink, toilet, TV is all in your cell. Yeah. You've got three square, square meals a day. Um, there's recreational facilities. You're, enti- you're entitled and have access to all medical facilities, mm-hmm. including the dentist. You're entitled and have access to drug rehabilitation centres. You're entitled and have access to education. He says, sometimes it's better than the folk living on the breadline. Yeah. Because ultimately, they don't have to worry about there being no heating, being no electricity, yeah. being no food. It's all provided for them. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, absolutely, as you say, it's a roof of the heat and three square meals a day. What more can you ask for, really, in this life? Sometimes, moment, you some, know? yeah, especially just now you're thinking COVID, people are speaking about how we're paying our, our heating bill, all these sorts of things. So, yeah, he was pretty much like, there's nothing to be moaning about. Yeah. You are you are catered for. Yeah, as a suck it up. But my person said the cells are adequate. Prisoners 
responsibility to keep them clean. Jesus, I wish I only had a six by four to clean, I tell you. I know. It made my life a lot easier, I, I tell you. Um, however, they've mentioned this, some actually can't manage that. Oh, really? And do you know what? It wasn't until I read the answer, I thought, do you know what? I actually get that. Okay. Um, because they've got no life skills or poor mental health. Right, so the deterioration of the cell shows yeah. that, okay. So, and as for new life skills, I, I kind of got that as well, because where we base our ideologies on, like, how we are as a person and the people that we're around, so we and can't how, yeah, fathom yeah. the fact that we wouldn't be able to clean our house mm-hmm. or our bedrooms or whatever. But if they haven't been given the life skills to, or, you know, for the motivation or the understanding of, and what constitutes have... as clean you don't know where they've come from yeah and the the consequence of things not being clean like even when we teach your kids it's like if you don't clean us up this has got us a problem yeah because you're gonna get like mice but or some, of, some of these people might have been brought up in squalor yeah you so they're know? not used so, to... so they're just used to mm-hmm. shit all putting yeah. it bluntly yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. putting yeah. it bluntly you know that's what that's what life has been for them mm-hmm. so they they don't have life skills or or even the like the organizational skills to be able to yeah you know, so- sort themselves out um so my person says they do help each other out mm-hmm, okay so i i suppose you would have some form of like you know bro code kind of yeah camaraderie know, we yeah. spoke about this on on part one about how much camaraderie there might have been there might have been yeah yeah so, you know, I think that's good that they would start to lend each other a hand if they were struggling. Mm-hmm. So they've got a bed, windows, although I believe they are still as small today oh, as I what am. they were back in yeah, the day. I'm sure they're tiny so you can't fit through them, eh? <laughs> They've got a shaver, which I found quite dangerous thing to be around, to be honest with you, especially if you're a violent criminal. A toilet, heating, Sky TV. I've not even got fucking Sky TV. I don't, I don't have Sky either. Sorry, I was swearing. <laughs> it was like an outburst. I was like, really? What's wrong with Freeview? What's yeah, see, that's what I was saying. I was thinking to myself, I was like, really? You don't need like, Sky. No, you don't You don't need, need Sky. sky. You, you can hear Freeview. Mm-hmm. It's, there's just no need. Um, A kettle. Again, well, oh. dude, back off! I need my kettle. Okay, sorry. need coffee in the morning. Otherwise, the prisoners would need like <laughs> prisoner off of me. <laughs> um, and access to a phone. Okay. Um, and the gym. Well, don't have access to a gym clearly. But that's that's more than necessary, I think. Like, access to a gym. Why do you need access to a gym for? I don't know. Like, I can't. I, if I want access to a gym, I've got to go and You know, exercise, there's a big thing that exercise helps with mental, mental health and stuff. And yeah. that, so... And nobody's saying no to exercise, but gym equipment Gym equipment, gym. yeah, you could have, like, outdoor gym, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, for you have in parks, but just have it, like, undercover outside and say, get out there and work out. I was about to say, I'm not being funny, but like, if I want to go out for a run, I've got to get my fat arse outside in the cold if I can go running. I've yeah. not got a means to go running. I'm not a treadmill. But then at the same time, would that then... No, because at the same time, like I was going to say, is at the same time, would they have to have staff outside 
in order to guard them but then you would have to have them inside anyway so it wouldn't make any difference yeah i don't know i i don't know how i feel about that if i'm honest some of some of it's unnecessary sky tv for sky sure. tv blows my mind how much are we paying for that because ultimately people are forgetting we're paying for that yeah so <laughs> just now at, before you came in tonight actually i was watching uh um a documentary on ITV News. It was actually on YouTube, but it was ITV News. It was originally shown two months ago. And they were saying it cost £35,000 per inmate. What Sky TV does? No, to house an inmate. £35,000. So that's their, that's their food. And, we're, and they're overcrowded as well. Well, yes, because this this particular prison that they were discussing on, on ITV News was Barlini. Now, Barlini is meant to be an absolute butt crack of a hole of a place. No, it's meant uh, to be horrific. Horrendous, yeah. Um, and so that prison is designed to hold 987 prisoners. Mm. It actually holds 1,200 to 1,300 prisoners. Holy Which is like some amount of overcrowding. And the governor was speaking and he was saying the reason because I says Scotland has one of the highest incarceration rates in Western Europe, which I had, I didn't realise it was that bad. Me neither. So but we're just it, all a bunch of bad bitches. If you really. look at the fact that we've got like a pandemic in Scotland of drug abuse. Yeah. Drugs then, is massive. You know. Yeah. He was saying that 80% of the people that he has in Barlene are is down to drug or alcohol abuse. Jeez, 80%. 80%. Holy hell. And that's crimes range from drugs, assault, yeah, assault murder, all theft, associated you know, everything. Everything. Yeah. I mean, that is horrific. Absolutely horrific. That is insane. And still, you know... The drugs are still getting into prison, but it's massive drug problem in prisons. Mm-hmm. Massive. Mm-hmm. They take it in in their bodies. Yep. Um. They take it in the soles of trainers, throwing it over the walls. People outside throw it over the walls. Yeah, a lot of visitors taking them in. Um and drones. Yeah, like <laughs> I like oh we've gone high tech. Now, yeah, but they're smuggling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why not? Busted drones. You know. <laughs> Delivered so, by um, Amazon. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So um, it, it, we've got a problem, mm-hmm. a major, a major problem. For sure. So we kind of went slightly off topic, but it was all related. It's all related anyway. It's all related. So what is the most horrific experience you've had, we asked our people? I asked, yes, we did. But now I've got a few. So okay. there, I have a few specifics. So, will you answer yours? Because mine's are, like, specific events. Okay. So, it's basically uh, listening to a couple of things that they've experienced. And they said seeing people die by oh. cutting their wrists very deeply in front of them. Oh, Jesus. Um, somebody died behind a cell door from a heart attack. And this person had to take a rope off an inmate's... Neck. Oh, chat. Shit, man. That's shit. How 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 do you get him at night and switch off for that? I just yeah, I just don't know. I, don't, I mean, you need. That's to, hard. I don't know. I need. You need to hear mental health is steel. I reckon. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, pretty much. When I asked this question, it was, and I know the the person's quite a closed off mental. They're from the army as well, yeah. so they they've spoken before about again suicide and things like that yeah. that have happened. So I had asked what's the most horrific experience. Is like there's um like it's like it's a daily thing like fights, staff assaults, confrontation, um smugglings hands you have to put hands on restraints all these sorts of things and then he spoke about um uh what was it that he'd said because i wrote it but i like it was me telling me a story and you're like fast right and you're like what did i say okay so there was a guy who's was due to go out on parole and um he was going for his parole hearing thinking he's going to get early release mm-hmm. and when they were in his cell he knocked down a cd in his cell and inside the cd were the details of the brides of the week from the local newspaper including addresses the um bus routes and how to get to the houses oh. the um various details of the women and all those sorts of things, and this person was a serial rapist. So to say that the parole was denied was an understatement. But he was like, that was pretty, that was like a near miss. It was pretty horrific to be like, this person was planning, this was what their plan was when leaving prison. The other one was, and I'll remember because I never wrote it down, but he'd said that this is when he was working for the criminal justice system, but somebody was coming out of prison. So yeah. normally what has happened was they would like go in and like um, do like an assessment to then decide how many people would have to look after them yeah. afterwards. So this person was, I think it was a, a sex offender or something. There, there was an issue. Whether they were out on parole already, I think was the thing. I think they're already paroled, so they're out of prison. Yeah. So what had happened was... There was an argument being held about funding. Most things are about money these days with these things. And people were pushing for it to be two-to-one care. Mm-hmm. Where it means that there's two people watching 24 hours. Yeah. And they were like, no, no, it'll only be like one-to-one. I'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. And what happened was while the guy was away, he had somebody look after his fish. One of the fish died and he stabbed the guy like 17 times or something insane. Oh. So he went back to prison because obviously he failed his parole. Mon you fucking mentally. So they were like, how are you going to be able to hear staff to get one to one? Like, that's insane. So he's like, loads of things that are day to day, but specific events that happen. Like you think, how horrific is that? What is wrong with these people? I don't know. What and is I mean, don't get me wrong, that's quite... on parole boards and... Like are in charge of it, you know, the criminal justice system where they make the decisions of how many people they need. It's insane, but it's, it's, it's just funding. It is, literally comes down to funding. It's the same with like when you work for places that deal with like people with learning difficulties and stuff, and you're like, well, how many staff did they need to this person? It's like, oh, we'll only get this amount of time. So that'll be like one staff member, yeah. and the person just can't cope. And you're like, well, why are you not giving them another person? And it's like, oh, well, but money. Uh. But then it goes, and then I go back to the whole issue of where's the money being spent? It's like they say yeah. the NHS is skimp. The NHS isn't a skimp, people. It is not. 
there's plenty of money being pumped into the NHS, but the money is gone to people that shouldn't be getting paid that money. Mm. You look at people like the basically the paper pushers. It's top heavy. Yeah, and uh, you know, and this is where we've gone wrong. We've really gone wrong in this country, I think. And so it's especially when you're looking at the 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 amount of money that you pay certain people, and you think to yourself, well, and then you get nurses who are like the backbone. Yeah. Of like these things in your like these places, and you're thinking, but they're paid a pittance. Yeah. It's, it's like, disgraceful. I know. It's disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful. But that's like that's severe, like cases. Yeah, yeah. So and it kind of you know I mean we're speaking about people where there is some mental health issues going on there. Mm-hmm. You know whether a prison's a deterrent or not. I don't think it would make any difference to these individuals that. I think, well, I think that in this instance, you're looking at people, like you're saying, there's something seriously wrong. You're looking at sex offenders in some way. And I think that they're just like on a completely different ballgame from everybody else. It's yeah. not even like mental health. It's like literally like, I don't know what it is, but you're, it is definitely a widen of some descriptors wrong. Because yeah. you're thinking this person has been in for doing this crime. Yeah. Is go- looking at the doors being opened for them, but in the background, this is what they've been doing behind yeah. closed doors. It's straight, <gasps> it's scary. Jesus, isn't it just? Mm-hmm. So I asked, do you think prison is a deterrent? Mm-hmm. And the answer was straight out, no, it's warm. <laughs> it's warm. <laughs> it's warm. <laughs> and they also get the, they also, it's up to them to get help. I didn't quite understand that part of the answer. Uh-huh. Um, I think maybe that it's up to the individual. It's not a deterrent. It's up to the individual to help similar, themselves. That's a similar answer that I got. Yeah. It's a simple It's like, I got told, no, because it's not a punishment. Yes, you're denied your liberty. Yeah. And you're denied your freedom. But the reoffending numbers are high. So... I don't, it I don't shows. yeah, I, I mean, personally, like, even if you take away the, the, um, like, the media mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and you take these answers and the people that we've spoken to, and then what we saw as Peterhead Prison is what it was originally. Today's prison, it's not. It's, it's not, not a deterrent. Well, that's what, what he said. It's like, you look at it, and it's like most of them are treating it like it's almost like a community centre. The amount of camaraderie and the amount of, like... It's, it's just not, like a It's literally, yeah, it's literally not. It's like, other than them can't go out and about, there is no punishment for no, this. No, there's nothing. No. Nothing at all. But also the problem that they have as well is like the reoffending. You know, they, I think there is a massive gap between the prison mm-hmm. and you know, living a life where you don't feel that you need to take drugs or drink or, you know, or commit crime. Mm -hmm. I think there's a massive gap there, definitely. Well, I think that kind of leads, that question kind of leads into the rehabilitation aspect aspect of it as well, because, like, whilst do you think the prison system supports a system of rehabilitation? And again, the person I asked had said, I think that's down to the individual and how much that they want to change. And that some folk, it's a lifestyle. They're petty crimes. They're just in and out. But it's the people that they notice the people that are in for the longer spells are the ones that want to change because they don't want to be in this. Yeah. 
Whereas folk are like, oh, I'm in here for like a couple of months and I'm out again. Yeah. I'll see you forever. It doesn't. Right. It's not the same impact. Yeah. But no. this, but this person said it's not an effective system and that there is a stop program for sex offenders, but the succession rate of that is really bad, and um, it's one of those, he's controversially or not said it's a tick the box exercise. Exercise, You go on the program to in the hopes to get early release. And apparently there's another horrific thing where they would sit and be quite remorseful and cry and things like that. And this is just from what this person's experience. I don't know now, but it's like, but it's recorded all the time. So when people left the room and they would all laugh and joke about things because you've obviously got a lot of paedophiles in the same place. It's like, well, how much of this are we actually is just crap. Yeah. So. Yeah. As you say, yeah, yeah, you you just don't know. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're in for a long stretch and somebody's saying, take part in this program and you'll get early release. And you're You're wanting your freedom. Yeah, you're going to do it. You're going to tell people what they want to hear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that in that aspect, I agree. If you're going to go in and you want to be rehabilitated, you've got to want to change. You've got to want to change. Yeah, this is what my person said as well. This, it definitely supports it, but it's up to the individual to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, that person said that they do work parties, which gives them life skills and classes um, to support their mental health and I suppose just, you know, help them do things that come kind of naturally to us. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we take it for granted. Mm-hmm. That we'll have the capacity. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, the next question was, what is the age demographic in prison today? Um, so back in the 80s, it was it's a mixture, but um, uh, the guy had said that their remand was much more younger and he says just really full of neds and wannabes. Yeah. They were saying that there was times where people would maybe be coming up from another prison and put put into remand for a case up there and would be like a serious, serious hardened criminal and these people wouldn't even leave their cell. Because yeah. it's like you think that you're the big fish in the little pond but when the shark comes in, you haven't got a clue. Yeah. And it's like, so that's what the younger folk are like. He says, but longer stretches may be older, but he said just a mix. Yeah. Much, much more of a mixture. Yeah. Um, well, this person has said the youngest that they'd come across was actually a female prisoner mm? and who was 19. Oh, that's... Oh, wow. I'm like, jeez. 19. I was 19, man. I was like partying, living the best life, you know. I was in call. I was in uni. Yeah, I mean, we were living our best life and freedom, and going to the beach to have pizza and ice cream and going out partying. Oh, it was just amazing. That's what we were doing. You were breaking knees at when I was nineteen. Probably. <laughs> it's all come full circle again. Look, all our podcasts match up. There's something in it. Hannah, I've I've actually got scars on my knees from the, oh fuck from the um, foam party. I think it was. I got dropped. Oh, that's not me. No, it wasn't you. Thank God. It wasn't you. But, um, but yeah, that was a serious. Mm. But, yeah, like, 19, like, but, again, I I did a, a, a good upbringing. Mum mm-hmm. might yeah. be a nutter, but she's going to listen to this. A sensible one. You cow. 
what she goes, you little girl. <laughs> Only joking, mum. But um, she says the old. But we were raised to be individual and strong women. Yes. Like I, I like I always joke and say oh, I was raised by wolves, but I was like, <laughs> right. I always say that I was raised by wolves because people could literally like say anything to me and I'd be like, "Bitch, I've heard worse at him and that's under." Like, but you speaking about, like, do you know what I mean? Like, you went to fucking church. <laughs> Listen, me Jesus, every time. listen, Jesus is only a Sunday thing in my household, right? We were, my mom will still bust out, she'll literally finish Bible study and then bust out a C word to my dad, be like, you see, what see you next Tuesday, what are you doing? And you're like, and my dad be like, kiss Jesus with that mouth and stop, honest to God. I love Dude, your parents. I they're just love so your funny, but literally, like, we always joke, because he's like, because they all get offended, like, why would you say that? They're like, and it's not in a bad way. It's just like the major hardy because ultimately the world is just shit. People are shit. Like people Folk are horrible. Are nasty. Folk are yeah, kids as well. Like kids are horrible to one another. Do you know what I mean? I went yeah. to Northfield Academy and don't get me wrong, it's probably fine now, but oh, no. I went there. You still have to go through a metal detector before you can get in there. <laughs> Listen, the police are stationed there, man. There, there, there was a police <coughs> officer stationed there when I went there, as to no lie. But like, I didn't have the best at times. But ultimately, I went, got through it, and my mental health was fine. Like, I was fine when I went yeah. to college. Does it seem pretty stable to you? Yeah. 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 So yeah. So, so I. So yeah, I believe that we were hard, but I. Yeah, like I just, I felt supported and loved, yeah. but I was a hardy person. I think that um, makes a hell of a difference, even if your your parents are harsh on you. Mm-hmm. They're like almost preparing you for you going out into the world, world, but at the same time, you're loved unconditionally. Whereas I don't think it's some people have I that. think you need to have like a combination of everything. Oh, big time. Yeah, it's support. Like, like folks, I think I'm harsh with Cage, and I'm like, if he can't cope with his mama saying that to him, yeah if i mean mm-hmm. he's got no hope because there is sometimes we have this it's like this concept of like we have to like oh like the lot like oh i love them and all this and things like that and it's like yes but ultimately this is life like i have had to tell you no yeah and you're screaming and crying about it well now you're gonna want to get this is what's gonna happen because yeah. that's the consequence because yeah. see in the real world that's what happens yeah you can't you can't be doing stuff like, I, that, like I don't know? understand there's people that will we've got in our lives or what we've met who in their 50s still don't understand the co- the cause and consequence thing and it's like yeah. why are you not getting this yeah yeah like I'm teaching my children this you need to get with the program because yeah. they are like four and six yeah wind your neck in and that's when you have to bust out that here was me raised by wolves how stark hug the fucking bus stark (laughs) hug the bus while i put you back in your box because you've just won my neck and like just stop it (laughs) like no do you know what i mean but i was never like some of these people you think to yourself how how much were you used as a child to do something that was criminal how much of this is you've gone down a bad road or whatever now you can't get out or how much of this is because you like the the lifestyle of it how much it is like there's loads of reasons but yeah, yeah. like heaps of heaps of different reasons definitely so my one said the oldest okay was 84 oh wow 84 years i feel old. like i need more information like where's that a, a pedophile oh right okay 
Was it a long story? I could go so many places right now, but I'm just not going to because that's just not a good thing. Was it like a long... listeners? Is it like a long sentence? I don't know. Or just that they were a paedophile? Just, just that they, they're a paedophile. 84 years old. Ah, kind of. Kind of my age. If I mark it to 84, though, it would be in prison. Nah. Imagine that, though. All your young neddies and everything and all that. I mean, I'd like a neddy now, if I'm honest. <sighs> Nothing worse. Oh, chavis. To be fair, is this still sick a thing? I don't know. I think I, don't, I think we're too woke for a ned now. Yeah. Anywho, but they're mainly middle-aged. Mm. I suppose would be my age then. Am I middle-aged yet? No. No? Okay. Too young. So I have to wait another couple of years before I go and buy a Porsche is what you're telling me. God damn! Save up that penny, please. I'm buy a Porsche anyway. Shit. Anywho. Yes. So does the prison system offer support to staff after traumatic experiences? No. I did have to laugh at this answer because I th- I've... All through my work life, I have found this. Right? It'll be interesting to see if it's the same. It says, yes, but some don't use it and then complain about it a while after. Yeah. This one is counselling for staff after the events is provided, yes. But again, there can be a stigma attached to it mm. and people can't judge you um, as it's seen as, as, it's seen as a weakness. As in, weakness. why would you be in this job yeah, if you can't cope? If you can't cope with it. Which is, again, it's in the 90s. I don't think that would be something that would be seen now. Would be no, I think it's a, it would be mere accepted. Yeah, yeah. Mere, mere accepted. Like, you know, I mean, there'd be a queue outside the door. Abdi yeah, as a way, as a way to say. You know, Abdi would be chatting about fit they were doing at the weekend. There'd be no issue. Yeah, as a way to say, that's where I thought that this would differ, would be things like things mental like, health. Yeah. Definitely. Not that there wasn't programmes, but how it's perceived. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 100% I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what safety measures uh, are in place for staff? Um, there's training, mm-hmm. personal protective training, mm-hmm. um, radios, alarm systems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this person puts common sense. Yeah. And I think, again, that is something that you Sometimes really you either need. have it or you don't. Yeah. And I think if you don't, don't be one. Because, yeah. like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. You would have to really think about it. Don't be complacent would probably yeah. be another thing. Yeah. Well, for my... The person that answered mine was... Gave two different answers. One for the prisoners and one for the staff. Okay. So I was like, okay. So staff... I don't think much has changed pretty much the same as what you just said. However, they said they're actually quite you're actually quite vulnerable. Mm. Because the ratio can be one prison officer to eight inmates. Oh chahua. So if you're taking a group somewhere, group, you can be on your own. And then if you're in the visitors room, it's two to eight or nine plus their family members. And if you're having, if something kicks off and you're then having a radio, it's a while before nobody gets to you. Well, actually, I think you should say that because obviously I have visited mm-hmm. prisons mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah. Um, and you're right enough. There's not very There's many not. people in that visiting hall. No. So even no, with... Yeah, I was about to say two and yep. somebody on the door. Yep. So even with that, 
you're still talking that you are you are vulnerable. Obviously, yeah. you have a baton or whatever else you're given. Yeah, I know, but I mean, you know, but it's eight like, pe- yeah. people, you're getting you're getting a hiding. <laughs> like if they turn so in you, you're. I wouldn't be. I would have got a little jockey fucking channel. <laughs> they got a little jockey. Like what? Turned into me. Jockey, I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I'd be going to do with a fight near my bottom in my hand. Yeah, when I'm allowed to do it, it's self-defense. Mm. So for for prisoners, apparently there is protection for prisoners can be requested if there is, say, uh, so if they have an issue in regards to their safety because of um, anything that's going on in their block, then there are separate times for when that they can go to recreation and things like that. But it's normally they're they're put in a group that are in protective. Yeah separate time for meals and things like that yeah so there is something in place for them as well so we're moving on what's the next question uh have you ever been harmed at work and thankfully my person has not neither was mine and i'm not surprised though (laughs) neither am i actually i wouldn't have talked that person on either so you know I was literally like, it became better. And there was silence. <laughs> so, the next question was, how stressful do you find your role? And this person put, every day is different. It's not very stressful for the most part. Mm-hmm. I got the same. Uh, not really. They spoke about why they left, but not. it was nothing to do with, with stress levels. So how is mental health dealt with in the prison system? So my person said very poorly. There's not enough support. And there's only one mental health nurse mm. in the prison. Oh, wow. And which completely blows me. My mind. Because I was expecting a whole oh, department. Like a team. Yes. yes. Within the prison walls. Especially that. given that this person has said things like, due to mental health you can see in the cells you can see the deterioration yeah. so it's clearly an issue so like you're saying why would you not be tackling that and also they've mentioned that it's dealt with sim- similarly like, similarly similar i've helped just similarly to to um outside of the nhs which again threw me because okay. I feel yeah. that, yes, there's mental health problems uh-huh. outside of prison. Uh-huh. But a lot of these people have had serious mental health issues to begin with to get them in the position that they're in and now they're in prison as a result of it. So you would think that there would be a higher support network, support yeah. network within the prisons. Yeah, in the prisons. I think as well, because... Given that the numbers that you've just said and the percentage is about drug intake, we know that a lot of the drugs that are being taken affects people's mental health and like brain cognition and things like that. So you're like, so it really is a massive need here. Yes, definitely. And also like obviously your freedom's <clears throat> being taken away, you yeah, know, the, the institutionalisation of, you know, being in prison you know, what that does to the mind and that I would have expected, as I said before, like a whole department of, you know, mental health workers. Mm-hmm. But um, again, maybe that's somewhere where we are failing. Maybe that, yeah. In the prison system. Yeah. Do you know what they need to do? Cancel Sky, get yes. my mental health nurses. Yes, I absolutely agree. This, don't need Sky. This person said basically support for HR, for staff, for 
mental health and then again access to medical for mental health so this person said better access than most mm. for the 90s yeah but again that's maybe changed times again though. yeah i don't know how much that's actually true <coughs> so the next question was do they still use solitary confinement or segregation um and this person said every prison has a segregation of reintegration unit an SRU mm-hmm. um, in this particular prison they have 10 cells with nothing in it and one cell called the silent room and the silent room is a room that's observed every 15 minutes okay um, so <coughs> presuming, again that's to check for suicides and things like that yeah it's an 11 SRU cells, four men in this prison, and nine were full the day. Wow. That as person was on shift. Was on shift. Wow. That's quite a bit, actually. Yeah. So this person said yes for solitary segregation, un- for unruly and violent, for protection for them and protection of others is yeah. when they would be used. Yeah. It's all time framed, etc. And they still get out on their own and things like that. Yeah. And to the necessary groups and things like that. So it's just for their cell time they would be in there. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's not like locked up and we'll see you again for like three or four weeks. It's like, it's not like that. No. You, they do get out and they about. They do get out, yeah. So the next question was, do you think this is effective? And this person's put, it does depend on why they are there. Mm-hmm. Um, some are there for their own protection because they can't go into a mainstream population. Mm-hmm. And some, it's for a punishment, for repeated bad behaviour. But it is said that no prisoner wants to go there. Yeah, I've got a answer of necessary. It's necessary, not, it doesn't matter if it's effective or not. It's necessary. necessary yeah, yeah. Given what's for. Yeah. It's, it's not for anything other than a necessity of somebody's safety. Yeah. So it's like, fair enough. No, I do agree with that, actually. I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what training's provided to staff and prisoners? For staff, there's annual renewal for basics, like your first aids and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. There's optional training to better yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about the whole optional training situation. <laughs> like, well, do you know I what? That, you need to be doing this stuff. I think that officers have can, are, get access to SVQs. Yeah. In, like, specific prison officer, yeah. whatever, they mentioned it, but I forgot to write it down. Control and restraint is yeah. also something that they're trained, all that sorts of stuff. So, for prisoners here, it says they can gain qualifications in cooking, welding, and electrical. That's cool. Prisoners at this, this site, all training is included, including SVQs, HMDs, etc. Yeah. At the time, didn't specifically go into anything in regards no. to, um, because that's like trades, which is amazing to get access. Actually, you can come out with a trade. It's pretty yeah, good. and I, and I think that's be possibly where the way they would really need to go. Yeah, is to give them some form of trade, whether that's painting, decorating, again, electrician, welding, whatever. Like it gives them. A trade and you know future opportunities to break that cycle. Yeah, I because the main likelihood is that 
it's something practical that yeah. they're going to be able to like find a job maybe more easily. I don't yeah. Know. <clears throat> so okay. yeah, no, that's fair. So the next one was what made you become a prison officer? There's <laughs> a very honest answer here. I needed money and it pays better than the NHS. Yeah, the, the answer I got was I needed a job and I didn't I couldn't get into the police. Um, yeah. But also at the same time, they wanted to help people in less fortunate places um, and no two days are the same. So it's very interesting and you get good banter with co-workers and also the prisoners as well. Yeah, as I would say, I think I would imagine would it forget. would be one of those jobs that when your day is good... It's it is it's hilarious. Yeah. It's cracking. You yeah. know, good crack all around. Abdi's behaving themselves. Nobody needs a hoof up a backside. Everything is just going hunky dory. But when it's bad, it's disastrous. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I could, and I could imagine as well that it could go from hilarity and a really good day to really bad like that. Yes, yeah, the unpredictability yeah. of it. Yeah, no signs, no, not even seeing it coming. It just changes like that, and mm-hmm. I, I think I'd find it quite hard. To cope mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. So the next question was, what support is given to inmates after release? <clears throat> so this person has said there used to be a program called Through Through Care, mm-hmm. um, but the government pulled it. Good old Scottish government again, um, due to an argument with the prison bosses, and um, they still get meetings with social work. The housing and lifers get to go to the top end where it's an open estate and they get day release and more independence. Mm-hmm. So I suppose like folk that have been in for 14, 15 years. They're getting day trips to ease them back in. Yeah, guess. it's kind of yeah. like getting them back into society and how what's happening in society because you can read any newspaper in the world and the changes that could happen if you've done a 14 year stretch it's the cultural changes i mean you think about even things like even aberdeen even thinking now from lockdown yeah when we walk down the street it's completely different just even mapping of what you know or how people the language that people are using and yeah. all that sorts of stuff like a whole culture can completely change in that technology time. oh big time yeah you big went, time. you went inside with a nokia like 3210 yeah dude you're coming out to a nokia windows god knows fit new touchy uh, screeny just thinking of supermarkets you're gone and getting used to speaking to somebody now all of a sudden you can scan your own shopping yeah it's chip and pin you don't need a pin number yeah this is it all these sorts of things it's mental yeah, again, everything we take for granted every day. Mm-hmm. And I suppose in some respects, some people wouldn't be able to cope with that at all. No. Um, it's the same as <coughs> my person said um, that, well, they'd said that there is, prisoners have a probation officer that they visit. Mm-hmm. And obviously they have to, there's conditions and things in that. Section, our section one sex offenders are released on a licence. Yeah. So they need to meet the conditions for that license, but there is also various support groups out there as well. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of details. No, no. <clears throat> this was a question after we'd come out of prison. Yeah. Are the beds bolted to the wall? <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> They're bolted to the floor, and in the SRU, 
So that was the segregation reintegration unit. Mm-hmm. The beds are built in completely. What does that mean? Well, I would imagine that, like, it's concrete, comes out oh, the wall, and then you've built, got, like, a mattress on. They're built in, and yeah. they're, like, made up. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> this, what was, there was a question before that. Oh, was there? There was, hold on. Because I've got an answer for something else. Beds built to the wall. What support is going after release? Is it enough? Oh, so I haven't asked if it was enough. Do you feel, did the person feel that it was enough support? I haven't got that answer there. It doesn't matter, right? So this person said they were biased because they feel like... <clears throat> they also... So to answer the question about the beds, they said no. They weren't bolted in that prison, but to be fair, couldn't quite remember because I did ask them, like, the other day, and this was the mid-90s. So to be fair, couldn't quite remember. But... um. What they spoke about was quite interesting. I'll be interested to get your take on this because he was obviously saying that he was biased about the support that was offered to prisoners when leaving, the support, things like that. Because I had said, do you think it's effective? Do you think that we should be more? Do you think this? And he's like, but he's biased because he feels that sometimes our system is more towards the offender than the victim. It speaks about there's more financial ref like more finances spent on the um offender more there's no proper restitution there's they're getting jail time and it doesn't really help the victim and then support the things that are in place when they're in prison for the prisoner it's like some like if you get somebody that's like you give an example it's like if you if somebody that is an addict breaks into your house beats you up and steals your stuff. Mm-hmm. sells it for drugs and they get prison time it's like they're getting three square meals a day mm-hmm. they're getting the bed they're getting the heat in they're getting the tv and the sky package they're getting access to drug rehabilitation they're getting svqs then they're getting support when they leave they might okay they might be in hostels and things like that which isn't great either he's like but what's the victim got to do it's like they've got to then recover they're not going to get they might get paid they might they might get paid job but what happens if they don't get sick pay at their work then they're not getting yeah. blah 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 and obviously this is like I would put another part of a podcast that's happening like later down the line that we're going to discuss okay, next week we're going to start like speaking about like victims, victims and crimes so it's it was quite funny that they mentioned it it's like there's more liability needs to be done for criminals instead of like all the support but at the same time you're like well but once somebody's done their time you need to break the loop or else you're never going to break the loop for the victim so there's always going yeah, to be yeah. more victims there's always going to be more yeah yeah i totally see that and and again that's why i said to you earlier on i think there is a gap mm-hmm. where there needs to be more support mm-hmm. between the leaving the prison and you know what happens to them afterwards because you know i well i'll I'll speak about that um documentary that i watched the other well before you came in yeah there was a couple of guys on there and they said that when they leave prison they'll be housed either in a hostel or they'll be on the streets yeah now going homeless on the streets with no money nothing you're gonna go and re-offend yeah because you've you've got no option you've got no option and then other prisoners were saying as well or you go into a hostel 
now the hospital apparently is and I can well imagine and I've seen it I've seen it to be fair when you go up to these little fishing villages there's like Cadoff and Bath and the old hotels that they've basically turned into hostels for mm-hmm. you know folk that have come out of the jail and that it's just rife with drugs and alcohol and to just you know, get you through and and they're saying you know we don't want to get out because we know we're going to a hostel and then we'll go to a hostel and we know we end up back in amongst drugs he says if we were given like this particular group if they were given a, a you know he says even a temporarily like a temper dress or somewhere yeah, yeah like this even partially financed just to get my foot you know out there out of door get myself a job he says I think I could break the cycle. He said, I want to break a cycle. Yeah. He says, but when you get it's like set, It's like setting you up for a fail. It's like, yeah. you're, you're, how am I getting out of this? So there's something going wrong there, I think, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, do you not feel like when we speak about money and things like that, you're like, you listen to that and you're like, why are nobody listening to these people that are going through the system that know this is where the money needs to be spent? Do you know what I mean? Like, we're listening like about these... Th- paper pushers that have they got a fucking clue. Excuse me, sorry. Because you're sitting thinking to yourself, you're right, and it makes sense. And it's like, why are we not doing that? Why are we doing this and not doing this? Or they could actually employ ex-convicts mm-hmm. to work for these places mm-hmm. and point out, you know, where things have gone wrong for... Because, I mean... You know, they're not going to be able to just take it from their perspective. They're going to know loads of people who have been in and out. Oh, yeah, exactly. Really offended or who got re- re- rehabilitated. You know, these people have got useful insight into this whole situation. So why do we not, you know, employ people that have been through the system? Yeah. To help make just the system give better. Them like some know, form of a voice as well yeah. is important, I think. Common yeah. sense, I think. Mm-hmm. So... What was the last question? So, yeah, it's the last... Well, no. It was gang culture. Gang culture. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is Cause, the answer here. Oh, because... As a way to say, because... Um, that was something that was spoken about in Peterhead in the 70s. There was a lot of gang culture in yeah. the 70s and 80s. So we wondered if that was still something that was prevalent today. And you're saying yes. Yes. They've said that yes, but it's not very obvious. Okay. Uh, which surprised me, to be honest with you. I agree with But again, I'm going back to media uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and things like that. Um, and they say that they tend to stay in their area groups as they all know each other and they're, you know, from previous stints in the jail or know each other outside. Um. The area groups are kind of demographic, really, because it's like Glaswegians all stay together, Aberdonians all stay together, the Scousers all stay together. Okay. Um, and this person says there's a very big drug problem in the prison. Um, and it says it's sent in from the outside in spices. Okay. And laced in paper. Shit. I said they just dissolve the paper and then dry out. Or... Yeah. I would imagine so. Mm. Turn it back into a powder. Yeah. Yeah, because you would... What, what, what you... a load of fucking a boot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, I'm remember... sitting here thinking... What? You've got a kettle. So you're, you're boiling the water and, like, melting the paper and then 
how are you doing it? How you feel? It's like filtration, isn't it? I think so. And you somehow you get it back into a powder. I feel, how, somehow, but how, I can't think. Hello, break. To... It's like the Breaking Bad of it all. <laughs> like what? It's like a bloody cocktail that used to be on the fashion, the purple rain, where you had to drink it, Jeez. inhale the fumes, snort the powder. I was like, Jesus, I'll be sober by the time I finish all this carry on. Mm-hmm. So, the person that I said it would probably depend on the prison, the prison that they were in, they'd said you would maybe hang about with people that you would know outside and would aid in violence or something, but nothing grad, grand in organisation. It would just be somebody, your mate would have your back. Yeah. But other than that, nothing gang really related. But given where we're speaking about, because you know the city yeah, as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. given where we're speaking about, I don't imagine they're getting people in that are in a local only way. I wouldn't have imagined so. I don't think it was massively no. for a full group Mm-mm. side of that area. It was Mayor Peter Heed. Mm-hmm. Because that was the only mm-hmm. convict prison, wasn't it? So yeah. you got people sent up there from all over the place. And mm-hmm. then it became a sex offenders prison, prison. didn't it? All the paedophiles. Yeah, we've got all the paedophiles. Great. Lovely. Charming. So, but again, when we think of prison and we think of gang culture, it's what we see on TV. And it's really Americanised as well. Yes. We have this vert vision of them in the yard with the orange and the, we're in this group and we're like white supremacists like. and this and that, yeah. which is clearly not the case. No. So I do, again, the media squiffs our brains. Mm-hmm. And when you were like, you like you watch it and you know that's not what it's like, but that's immediately what your mind goes, goes to, to because that's the only yeah. reference you have. Yeah. But yes, I agree. Right, I asked this person the question, and I I don't know if it was on yours or not, if I added it, but I was like, do they have Xboxes? I needed to know. Oh, I never asked. Because... Because, to be fair, in the 90s, no, they wouldn't have. they wouldn't have. There's a Sega Mega Drive. Yeah. (laughs) If anything like that, yeah. But um, the answer to that question was, some have Xboxes. Jesus. Yeah, that's the boss. Normally, lifers. So folk yeah. that are in for the long stand, um, they have to supply them themselves. Okay. Um, and it has to be an old version that, that doesn't have any Bluetooth access, or yeah. to connect to the Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So you're speaking about what, Xbox 360? Dude, I don't know. But they have like a games console. That comes yeah, out. the lifers do, but it's not standard in every cell. So again, the media squiffs your brain uh, to think that they're all living in a holiday camp, living their best life. When they're not. Well, people are still clearly committing suicide, like we've heard. People yeah. have still got a high drug problem because they can't cope. Yeah. They've still got high... I mean, at the end of the day, people are not... We're, people are social. We're social creatures. Whether we are like, oh, I'm an introvert. I don't really like... I'm like my own company. It's like, but you like your own company after you've seen people. Yeah. If you were on your own not seeing people all the time. Well, we can, we, we, we can, we can attest to that because we just had lockdowns and COVID. Yeah. And people's mental health has gone through the roof. If you imagine taking that and doing that for months and months and months away from your family, yeah. everything that you know, and now in a in a place like that, then obviously your mental health's got to be shit. Yeah. We've just done it where we've been at home with our loved ones and we've only been able to go out a walk and not see anybody. Yeah. And we've all and been, been tough. and we've all been fucking taking going to the doctor like we're not coping. 
Yeah, and also you've got like mobile phones, and you can. Well, my entertainment. Prisoners have mobile phones in Scotland because of COVID. So you wanted to hear some stats on that. You ready? Yeah, go for it. Am I going to be scandalised? <laughs> Good old Scottish government. So, the Scottish government bought 7,600 mobile phones at a cost of 2.7 million. Holy shit balls. I know. 2.7 million for mobile phones? Mm-hmm. What kind of mobile phones were I they giving? That's what I was thinking. I was like, Where, do you need to give them that big button bastards that we give the old people <laughs> that can't do anything but call out? That's what they needed. Wow. They're you like see, £10. I'm sure they could have found somebody with like 10 and out the back of a van. These apparently mm-hmm. were £2.7 million worth of phones that could not ever be hacked. I remember them saying that about a boat once and something to do with not being able to sink and it never ended well. Was that the Titanic? Uh-huh, I was yeah. hinting, but oh, you okay. gave it away. Spoiler oh, alert! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. I think everyone knows the Titanic fucking sank. Jabby. I know, I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. Do you need to stop? I'm tired, I'm tired. <laughs> you have to crack on, man. Let go. So, um, anyway, the phones were hacked immediately. <laughs> And in their first check of 300 phones, 100 of those phones were hacked. Fucking hell. Which means, I mean, they could be doing anything. So what you're saying, we're giving them, let's face it, we're giving them people that have got drug problems, so they're either organising drugs coming in, or we've got people that are maybe looking to, like, harass people, or I don't know, I don't know what to think. They are living their best lives. Why would you give them mobile phones when you've got landlines built into the prisons? Just to keep them company. Why did they not give them... Well, they could have just given them phones that just phoned out. That couldn't be hacks, couldn't go onto the internet. Yeah, I know. It's just it's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm but just... what a waste of money, because they'll go, we've done that, but you know, but once you're out, you're out in your arse. Like, how does that make sense? Yeah. Oh. So anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. So that is the end of the question. That's the end of the questioning. I'm sure if you guys out there thought of any questions that you would like to know, maybe we could go back and ask these people. Yeah, I would manage no problem. Um. So yeah. Um. I think it has given us. I think we've. For me, it's, it's got, an interesting topic because yeah. you can see both sides, and I think that this is why when we go to speak about criminals and victims. Is going to be really interesting because you can be so divided, and then somebody goes, "But what about this?" And then you're like, "Well, you're divided. I'm divided because I'm like, you cannot take away the humanity of somebody, regardless of what they've done or whatever. Well, not regardless of what they've done. That's not quite completely true. But you're looking at somebody, and if you didn't know why they were there, let's say you're like, that's still a human that we're treating like this. Still a person. Still a person that's got needs." feelings like their mental health all these sorts of things mm. so you're like oh my god but at the same time they're like but this is the victim and this is what they've done and then you're like oh my god do you know what i mean like it's it's a hard i think it's a hard it, one see, to me i think we've made it too complicated it's really complicated i see i think that it doesn't need to be which is a victim that person said something random to them the person who's done something wrong to them off with their heat well, but then that could happen with us then. Technically, I've done something wrong to that to someone 
that we were speaking about today who's not technically she's a victim now you know the whole ins and outs and it is complicated but technically yeah, the, I'm the, the actual, one that's in the wrong the actual situation happening is complicated mm-hmm. but given all the evidence you weren't in the wrong but technically I was mm, were you though no I was just no. maybe my, and the I was too, think it was either I was too oh, well technically I wasn't going to be oh, we'll get into yeah, this yeah we'll do this next <laughs> Wait, well, we'll do. We'll be... Yeah, because I can, I can speak about it, can't I? Yeah. I just won't mention names. No, don't mention names. But yeah, you can speak about it. But yeah, pretty much. Um, it's 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 nothing. She so... says it's a car car situation. But te- so technically, well, yeah, they were weren't going to charge me to begin with, which is what I think I should have followed this up more because to begin yeah. with, they said over the phone to me, we're not going to charge you. We're just going to caution you. And then they came up to the house and was like, "We can't not, we can't not charge you. We'll have to charge you." And I'm like, "You don't have to," which made me wonder whether they went back and worked to this person and said, "We're just going to charge them." And there was a fuss. Yeah. And then the next minute, I was being yeah charged, not cautioned. So, but tech, but technically, I was found. I I I I pled guilty to it. If you yeah. If I, yeah. d- if I knew my time now, I wouldn't have. But, te- so, but technically, I am in the wrong. I have been convicted for it. Yeah. <sighs> I'm a badass bitch. <laughs> I'm joking. So, yeah. So, next week, we're discussing criminals. Is it next week or the week after? No, the week after. No. Is it next week? Oh, shit. What day is it, man? No, it's not next week. It's the week after. We've done two in one week. We're doing two. You're getting two for one, but you're not getting yeah. it all the time. No, just because it's a prison right special. But... Yeah, so in a week's week on Monday, we'll be mm-hmm. discussing it's, we'll criminals. Be d- we'll see you in December. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's, we're discussing criminals, mm-hmm. how me and Jackie have become criminals, how all of you out there are criminals, especially if it's God's law. Yeah, but also the standpoint of the, the victim. I think yeah. the... Th- yeah, I don't want to get too much into yeah, it. Yeah, so no. like about victims of crime, you've been a victim of a crime. I've mm-hmm. never been a victim of a crime. Have you not? Have I been a victim? I have been. You have been a victim of a crime. I have not. No. Have you? You have. I was assaulted once. That's a victim of a crime then. Yeah, but I never went to the police or anything. You're still a victim though. Oh, okay. I'm a victim. Because mm. um, think about the amount of, people, of, of things that happen that nobody goes to. Yeah, but I can't. I can't quite think of. I can't quite think of it like any other time I've been a victim. To be honest with you, I've only been a victim of a crime. I think at once as well. Yeah. I'm breaking. I've been a criminal twice. You just once. Mhm. Oh, this will be interesting. I think anyway, so. What are you our dirty laundry next week? And also, are we bringing up some crazy laws of Scotland? Oh yeah, you wanted to do that. I thought we were doing. We need to do our Christmas special, Bad Santa, at some point. No, apparently all our Santas are good. All ours are. Well, hey, it finds just a random Bad Santa. Oh, I'm sure there's one in America. Right, okay. Well, or no, we'll, 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 if the, if we can't, then we'll do. We could do a fun one. What do you What do you think? I don't know. And we'll have to have a think. We'll Let's have, have a, think. a think, and we'll get back to you guys. But. I think we're going to just hate a tire suit you because so this has say, been a stressful week. This has been the longest <laughs> hour and 20 minutes. It's taken us about three hours to record an hour and 20 minutes. Because everyone keeps walking in and turning up. And, and like, oh. and, and, but no announcement, no like, 
can yeah. we come in? It's no, like it's just people boom, baby. It's literally like it's literally been like a panto. Yeah, what could go wrong has, has gone, gone wrong. wrong, and you're just like you need to just stop. <laughs> oh me. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the two parter. Yes, I hope you enjoyed it, and let us know any questions that you have. Let us know if you hear anything in part one. Yeah. Any spooksies stuff? I'll leave the link, the community thing open. It's on Spotify though. On Spotify and mm-hmm. on Car, you can do it. That's yeah, the only Spotify places you can't do it. But um, you know where to reach us on um, Aberdeen Crispies for Instagram and pint underscore a for Twitter. And you can also email us at brewandcrispies at gmail.com. Excellent. Yeah, so we shall see you next time. Bye-bye now.